Real sports talk for real sports fans. It's Jimmy B and TC. Here's Jim and Trent. All right, everybody, we are back. Uh, this has been an unbelievable show so far, and it's probably going to get a lot worse. The reason is, <laughs> the reason is, is because Tom Caker, Hawkeye Report is going to join us, and I'm probably going to make, well, look, and I thought I made some pretty good selections yesterday, even though you and Alex Halstead both laughed at me. I feel comfortable with my team, and I'm comfortable within my own skin, okay? Well, we will uh, put up the rosters probably tomorrow for both sides. Capital City League, our mock draft was yesterday. Today, it's the primetime league draft, and Tom Caker from HawkeyeReport.com, he will join us for the stupid exercise we do each and every summer. Tommy, what's (laughs) happening? Tom, do we have you? Yeah, you guys dumped me. I thought huh? I I think this is part of the rigged. It's a rigged election. It is. Yeah, we, we're already <laughs> you off a little bit. We got to get you off your game as you work to create your best roster. We draft six players, six players for each roster, and the only guys that are eligible here in the prime time league, the guys that will either be incoming freshmen or currently with both the Hawkeye and Panther teams. So no drafting DJ Carton, no drafting, no high schoolers or Juco guys from Kirkwood, only Hawkeyes and Panthers. Okay, Tom? I'm good with that. Jimmy B struggles. He tried to take Tyreek LaCour yesterday at our Cap City hey. League draft. Hey, come on now. He's going to go to one of those schools. He's got to get an offer first, doesn't he? Well, he will. Okay, he will. He will. Famous last words from Jimmy B. Well, Tom, since you are the guest, and we will go through a serpentine draft, one through three, then whoever has the third selection, we come back up the other way. We'll get the fourth selection and back up. You are the guest. You get your choice. Would you like to draft the number one spot, number two, or number three? I'm going to be kind and benevolent winner as I usually am, and I'll just take the third pick. You're I'll gonna, take three. All right, wow. so Tom's going to go down in the three spot. He'll get three and then number four on the wraparound. Jim, you are, uh, you, well, you're elderly, the elder statesman here. Oh, my gosh, I knew this was going to be bad from the get-go. Here we go. All right, do you want to go you first guys, or second? I'll, sure. I'll give you the choice. No, hell no, give it to me. Give it to me, big boy. Right. I'm taking it right now. All right, all right. And so... I'm and I'm kicking I'm kicking Tommy's butt down the curb, oh, wow. trust me. Wow, a lot of confidence. With the first pick. <laughs> With the first pick, I'm taking Jordan Bohannon. That's a good pick. Tom, you see this league a whole lot more than us. Did Jimmy Bree actually make a good pick for once here at the top? Tom, are you there? Where'd he go? Did we lose him? We've lost him. Oh, no. Oh, no. This this is mired in disappointment already. We, we don't yes. got Tom aboard. We're struggling. Well, here. All right. See if we can I'll, I'll reconnect with him. All right. Do that. See if we can get him on the show again. Probably was something I said. Probably kicking his butt to the curb. Maybe that pissed him off, so he took a powder on us. I don't know. But I know that's exactly what I'm going to do. Just like even though you scoffed at my roster yesterday, I have full confidence that those guys will come through for me. Well, you're um, you're off to a good start, Jim. You're off to a I good am. start. I, I like what I, you yeah. did here at the top. Okay. So. I'm sitting yeah. with the second selection. Okay. Oh boy, I'm uh, uh, I'm I'm being pulled in a multitude of different directions. But with sure. the second pick, I'm gonna go with Tyler Cook. 
I'm taking Tyler Cook with the number two pick, but I don't feel great about it. Tom, the floor is yours. So I get two picks in a row, right? You do. Yes. Well, my first pick is going to be uh, Luca Garza because you need a big man. Okay. Yeah. You need a guy that's going to patrol the paint. And with my next pick, I'm going to take Joe Wieskamp. Wow. All right. I thought that would be coming. Okay. So Wieskamp, a guy that obviously has a ton of accolades. We got to see him down here at the state tournament as he uh, brought that team on his back down to Wells Fargo Arena. What are your expectations? You're going to get a first look in this kind of environment, obviously coming up here in a couple of weeks. What's a realistic expectation for Wieskamp in your mind? Uh, I think he's a starter from day one at the uh, two or or the three, depending on what Fran wants to do. But he's just too good to keep off the floor. Um, I think if he can, you know, average eight points a game, I think that's a pretty successful freshman year at Iowa. Uh, I suspect that in this primetime league, he's going to give me about 20, 25 a game and uh, probably about a dozen, or probably about 10 rebounds, probably about five, six assists. He's going to stuff the stat sheet, and Garza's going to dominate the glass. And and score on the block and rebound for me. I got a good team. You're you're off to a good start with picks three and four, Garza and Wieskamp. Back around to me with my second round selection. I took Tyler Cook first, so I need a guard. I, I need a guy that can score from the outside. I think Tyler Cook, you're gonna see him shooting a lot himself from the outside this summer, looking to expand his game. I'll go off the board maybe a little bit here. I'm going with AJ Green. I'm going back-to-back freshman, this one from up in UNI, A.J. Green, the incoming guard for the Panthers. Tom, you got to see this guy a lot, I know, yep. on the AAU circuits, circuit. He's going to UNI, but this is a top 100 player, guys, that normally don't show up in Cedar Falls. What did you see, and how quickly do you think he's going to be a big-time player in the MVC? Well, I'll just say this. I was hoping that he would fall to me maybe in my – next time around because I didn't know if you guys would go on him because he's really good. Mm-hmm. He's going to be a starter from day one at UNI. Got good sides, can really shoot it, uh, runs the floor really well. I, I just I love the kid. I think he's going to be a terrific player at UNI. All right, we go back to Jimmy B. You got two selections here, Brinson. I like it. All right, sounds like a plan to me. So Tom's bragging that Luca Garza is going to do this and he's going to do that. No, he's not. Not against the guy I'm taking because he's going to kick his butt from one side of the glass to the other. I'm taking Ryan Creener, mm. who is going to have okay. a breakout year for the Hawks if McCaffrey would wise up and play the guy. <laughs> play him, will you? Because when you play him, he he contributes. Play Ryan Creener. And my other selection this is a piece of cake because he can defend, rebound, pass, score, get up and down the court. I'm taking Nicholas Bear. Going with the Bear Cage. Well, you oh, got to love that. My selection. guy. Yes. My yes. guy. The Bear Cage. The Bear Cage is off the board. Now, there is another Bear that is going to be available for this draft. Probably not the same kind of expectations, though, that we're going to see the younger Bear carve out a niche this year, right? Yeah, I don't think Michael's grown a lot though. Uh, Nicholas's younger brother Michael, who was a manager on the team mm-hmm. last year, is now going to walk on and play basketball. And we just did a pod with the the Bear Boys, and and uh, Michael's up to he 
he was about six three last year. He's up to six six now. So he's uh, wow. Maybe we have something Ooh. brewing with another bear cage. Nothing wrong with that. Certainly would love to see that uh, come through the pipeline. Another bear out on the hardwood for the Hawkeyes. We go to my third selection, Cook Green, already on my squad, and. I'm going to go with the other guy that put his name into the early entry list for the NBA. I'm going Isaiah Moss because I don't think we're keeping defensive statistics here. I'm just looking at the scoring. (laughs) Isaiah Moss, he might look lost on the defensive end, but he can fill it up. This is a great league for Isaiah Moss, isn't it, Tom? It is because there's no defense played, and he can get going on some nights and really, really play well. So, um, yeah, that's that's a really solid pick. All right, so now I'm up. For, I'm up for two now, right? Two more for you, Tom. Give me the guy who was the MVP of the primetime league last year, Jack Nunji. Oh, yeah. wow! Yeah, I could see and that. And then coming. I'm going to follow up help. with Tyshawn Pickford from you and I. Pickford's a nice player, and I don't know. I was going to grab him. You you know, I liked his game so much last year. I I talked to some people I knew in Minneapolis, and they said, you and I really got to steal with him. You know, with the evolution of college basketball, and Tom, the way that, especially in the NBC, we saw Loyola do this a lot last year. I think you could get away with playing him in the NBC at power forward for a good chunk of minutes a game. I mean, he's only 6'3", but a great rebounder at that size. You could probably get away with that at times with you and I struggling to find good guys. I think that's maybe a route they're going to have to take this year. Yeah, he's one of those junkyard dog guys. Just when you look it up at the end of the game, he's got 10 points, he's got 10 rebounds, and he's just he's made a lot of plays. So I just love the kid and um, really fell in love with him last year watching him in the primetime league. So a good pick for me. For sure. You're you're looking good there, and and I like the route that you're heading. He likes himself. Tom likes his team. He he seemingly does each and every year. I like my team, and I'm going to like it a little bit more, I have a feeling right now, as I'm going to bring in a guy that I think is poised for a breakout season with the Hawkeyes, Macy Daly. Tom, you've seen Uh, the pictures. Macy, he's working hard in the weight room, isn't he? He was almost my pick uh, instead of Pickford, but I wanted to take a Panther, so... But uh, I knew you, you're a big Macy Daly guy. I am. So you, you were an early entry onto the uh, Macy bandwagon. So uh, good pick for you. Thank you. I'm, I'm feeling good about this team. Maybe need a little bit of help up front. Unbalanced as we come up and finish the fourth round of our PTL mock draft. Jimmy B, your last selection in the fourth round and number one in round five. I'm going to go to uh, UNI and say hello to Wyatt Lowhouse. That's mm-hmm. who I'm grabbing. That's a good one. He scores well yeah. in this league too, doesn't yes, he? Yes, he does. Yeah, yeah. He's always he's playing for championships just about every year in the in the prime time yeah. league. Do we get bonus points for wins in this? I, I'm not exactly sure how our scoring system works. <laughs> We've only been doing it for four years. I don't know. I hope not. <laughs> I'm right there with you. All right, Jimmy B. We both like your pick. I certainly yeah. think your team's a lot better than it was yesterday in the Capital City League. Who do you got next pick in the fifth round? I'm going to stay with Northern Iowa and say hello to Spencer Haldeman. Okay. Good pick. I love Spencer. He Great can, player. He can shoot it from the outside. He'll yes, add a little he can. bit. And, well, you got some gunners out there, Jimmy. You're, you're firing threes and letting Creener clean up the glass, huh? 
That's that's it. Well, I figure he and Bear can take care of the glass for me, yep. so I'm I'm good to go. And look, they play no defense, so those three point shots are going to be open no matter what. So I'm I'm going after Gunners now. You're looking very very good. So I'm coming down here towards the end. I got two selections left. Mentioned I, I need a little bit of a big guy. Now you and I is bringing in a JUCO big guy. I'm not exactly enamored, though. I love the name Biggie Goldman. Not enamored yeah. with him. Because it uh, sounds like he doesn't play very biggie in the inside. He's more of a floater on the outside. So I'm going to bring in some toughness, and I'm going Cordell Pemsel. Cordell Pemsel okay. with my pick in the fifth round. A big summer for him, certainly. And, and what kind of role can he carve out, Tom? Yeah, it's interesting because when Cook decided to come back, that really um, limits Pemsel's minutes, I think, a little bit more than I thought it would have would have uh, gone Cordell's looking at a starting job and now he's uh, probably you know 15 minutes a game but he's um, you know I think he can carve out a nice little niche for himself this this uh, this season and he can certainly help Iowa for sure uh, just with his skill set all right Tom you're gonna complete things here with your final two picks your final starter and then your reserve or uh, whatever way you want to put it together but who are your last two picks well, I need a point guard. So yeah. I'm going to pick Connor McCaffrey. Pretty good in the fifth uh, round getting Connor McCaffrey. Yeah, I yeah. think so. Yeah, and then um going to have to go to a Panther probably, and uh, I think I'm going to take Isaiah Brown. Hmm. Got some length to his game. Pretty good defender out there, and yep. is the offense to kind of come along with it. He played well offensively a year ago, both him and – uh, the point guard that ended up transferring away. Uh, I can't even think of his uh, name. McLeod. Off. Yeah, McLeod. Jawan McLeod. Yeah. Both played pretty well offensively, but didn't translate to the floor this year. Pretty solid team. So here's Tom Caker's team. Luca Garza, Joe Wieskamp, Jack Nunchy, Taiwan Pickford, Connor McCaffrey, and Isaiah Brown. It's a pretty salty team right there. All right, I got to finish up my team. And this is one I'm not exactly sure if he is going to be playing. I haven't heard. He's an incoming transfer for you and I from Pepperdine, Trey Burrow, a six foot six shooting guard, played well mm-hmm. in his freshman season at Pepperdine. Will be sitting out this year, but if he's part of the PTL, I'm pretty good here with a guy that can fill it up from the outside. Give me Trey Burrow. Tom, did you ever see him on the AAU circuit? I didn't uh, that I can remember. Um, I, I don't remember seeing him. Who did he play for? You know. I don't know if he played for Howard Pulley. He he went to Watertown Mayor High School. That's south okay. of Minneapolis, right? Quite a ways south, in fact. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I don't remember seeing him at all. Kind of weird how a guy like that ends up at Pepperdine. A little bit nicer weather, I'm going to guess, in, in uh, Malibu as opposed to Watertown, the best, Minnesota. The best, <laughs> most most so? beautiful campus in America. It it is, Tom. Boy, I've done games there. Man, oh man, I just hated to leave. I I could never go to school there because I'd never go to school. Yeah, you just be on the beach the whole time. Yeah. All right, Jim. Your last selection. Put a cap on this draft. Uh, Brady Alex. Oh no, he can't play anymore. You took him in the second round yesterday. Yeah, yeah, I did. Yeah. Oh man. All right. I'm going to stay with the Panthers. I'm going Adam McDermott just because his last name's McDermott. All right. All right. All I right. got a problem That's with good. that. Well, there's another one, Tom. You you saw him back. He went to North Dakota for a year, came back, yeah. Cedar Rapids kid. You think he could give anything to the Panthers this year? Yeah, I think he's going to find a, a role. I don't know if he's a starter, mm-hmm. but I think he's definitely a guy that 
be a sixth, seventh man off the bench who can give him a little bit of offense, and he plays plays really hard. And uh, I think he's got some potential to really help the Panthers uh, this year. Good stuff. Well, Tom, we are out of time for today, but we will argue later in the week. I know you're going to be joining Ken and myself probably on Friday. <laughs> So we will leave the uh, non-conference scheduling argument till then and give yourself plenty of time. But I, I told you on the board, I'm not overly fired up right now. They still have two games left, and unless it's against two teams at 330 or worse than the RPI, I'm not going to be as fired up as I normally am. Well, okay. We'll, we'll see. I, I'm just, I'll just stick with my, my thing that most of those games are just Fran has no control. That's true. That, that is very true. He does have control in some of them, not all of them. And the first two games, yeah. in fact, of the schedule, they're part of that uh, 2K Classic out in New York City. UW-Green Bay was not good last year. UMKC, I don't think, has ever been good. No control no. over that. Makes it a little bit more difficult. But we got a full summer to argue, Tom. Today was a happy day. You like your team? I do. That's a winner. I, I'm, I'm sure it's better than Jimmy B's, that's for sure. Well, it, oh, it, please. It, it always is. It, it, I mean, that's no, it's not. It's not even close. I'm going to win this easy just like I'm going to win the other one from oh, yesterday. Well, we will see about that. Tom, be good. We'll talk to you Friday. Okay. Thanks, guys. Tom Caker, HawkeyeReport.com. Jimmy B, your team. Jordan Bohannon, Ryan Craner, yeah. Nicholas Bear, yeah. Wyatt Lowhouse, Spencer Haldeman, and Adam McDermott. Now, something jumps off the page right away. Very light-complected team overall. A lot of Caucasians on your team. Not, not. Uh, I don't think that had anything to do with it because <laughs> I don't even know who half those guys are. <laughs> oh, that's very true also. Welcome back, everybody. We continue right here on the Big Talker 1700. Always good when we're talking Major League Baseball with Zach Reimer, Bleacher Report. And he joins us right now. Zach, good afternoon to you. And let's begin right now with the Chicago Cubs. And the game last night in Milwaukee, uh, tied, goes extras, and then all of a sudden the Cubs explode and go on to win this game, and they are in first place in the National League Central. Look, I'm not going to get excited. We're just coming into mid-June here. But it seems to me that the Chicago Cubs have finally maybe flipped that switch a little bit, and now they're looking like the Chicago Cubs. Is that fair to say? Yeah, I'd I'd say that's fair to say, and it's maybe I was alone here, but I was never really panicked about where they were earlier in the season when, it, when they were basically just kind of struggling to keep up in that division. Uh, you know, it, for the most part, they were healthy, and they also had this tremendously large run differential pretty much from the very beginning. And you kind of put those things together, and it's like, okay, what they're suffering from right now is not so much like a talent drain or an injury bug problem. It's just Things are not coming together on the field as consistently as they should be, but all the ingredients are there, and it'll come together eventually, and here we are. And they're in first place, and they're playing very good baseball right now. Uh, this is kind of where they should have been all along. Not to say they don't have problems. I mean, I don't feel too comfortable whenever Tyler Chatwood takes the mound and walks four, five, six, seven guys every time, but... Uh, you know, when it comes down to it, all the major strengths that they have are in good places, and it's led to good things. That matchup last night, uh, Josh Hader has been one of the most dominating arms in baseball. 
against Jason Hayward that, though he's been hot the last couple of weeks, certainly has been at least an offensive disappointment for the Cubs uh, after a couple of years ago signing as a free agent. How surprising was that for you, lefty-lefty? Lefties don't hit Hayter, and Hayward coming up big last night with a big hit. Yeah, it's well, it's a strictly or it's a characteristically baseball thing where you have this lefty who gets everybody out, but especially other left-handed batters. This particular left-handed batter, not that good of a hitter, and he does have a weakness against lefties. So you're sitting there going, like, well, there's no way he's going to get a hit, and sure enough, he gets a hit. I mean, that's just that's baseball where it's it's so not obvious that it becomes obvious when it happens. Um, and you kind of shrug your shoulders and listen. You feel good for Hayward. I mean, after the last couple of years. Yeah. What are you doing this year? He's not having a great season, but the bat has rebounded to a point now where it's at least respectable. And if you pair that with what he gives them on defense and on the bases, he's a good player again. So good for him. Yep, had the grand slam home run, a walk-off, so everybody was celebrating that, and then he comes up with a big dinger uh, last night as well. Okay, so those two teams play again tonight. But, Zach, I couldn't wait to get you on because tonight also – it is Washington and the New York Yankees. Please tell me that you'll be dialed in to this game tonight. Sure. Yeah. I'm kind of like whatever, but, yeah, I'm, I'm in. There's two really good teams going at it. But uh, I, th- I thought where you were going to go with that question, and maybe I'm jumping a little bit ahead here, is like surely this is Bryce Harper's uh, kind of preview for when he's going to be in pinstripes later this winter. But That was next. <laughs> No, that was next. (laughs) Yeah, I figured. Uh, So your thoughts on that? Yeah, let me just follow up since I said that was next. Uh, Do you think that's going to take place? Uh, I actually wrote about that because it's been on my mind, obviously. Uh, I wrote about that, and I... I don't think he's as good a fit for them now as he it's, he seemed to be for many years leading up till recent history. Uh, the way that Aaron Judge emerged last year, and then they go and get John Carlos Stanton. Well, they already have two really good right fielders in their lineup already, and they're already the best home run hitting team in baseball this year. So it, it's not a, a natural fit, and you could easily see Harper going to the Cubs, maybe the Phillies, maybe the Dodgers, maybe just going back to the Nationals. It's not a fait accompli anymore. But you still love the idea of a left-handed slugger with pull power like him at Yankee Stadium on a regular basis. Uh, They're going to have the money to sign him. They can make room in their lineup for him. I don't necessarily think it's going to happen, but it's something that still could and certainly something that would be, uh, just from a Major League Baseball PR perspective, a gigantic uh earth-shattering move, so I cannot rule it out either. Over to uh, a surprise in baseball. Many people thought maybe the Mariners could cobble together a wild-card run, something like that. But since Robinson Cano has gone on the DL, they have caught fire and are playing incredibly well. And their general manager, Jerry DePito, who went out and uh, got D. Gordon right after the suspension, sounds like uh, when Cano is back, it's not him automatically getting that second place job. Surprising comments for you? Uh, a little bit surprising, but you know, listen, we have to keep in mind that Robinson Cano is going to be out for eighty games. That's a yeah. long time, um, and to kind of just take a guy like that and throw him back in, and what is going to be the thick of the pennant race? Yeah, you kind of sit there, okay? Well, you kind of know D Gordon is playing really well. Maybe you say, okay, maybe instead of playing Cano at second base every day, yeah, maybe you put two and roll at first base or just kind of spot starts at second base. Basically, don't push, 
too much pressure on his shoulders because the other thing you have to keep in mind is that he's not playing in the postseason. So it's not like you have to worry about getting him, getting him up to speed. It really is kind of an awkward situation that he's created for himself where uh, playing him on a part-time basis after he comes back might be just the best play, at least for this season. So I'm not too surprised, uh, if I'm surprised by anything, is that the Mariners are this good. And there is part of me that thinks that maybe they aren't because it is impossible to ignore their ridiculous record in uh, one-run games. That can be something that can vanish uh, overnight. So um, we'll see. Zach Reimers, our guest right here on the Big Talker 1700. Bleacher Report, we're talking Major League Baseball. All right, Zach, so here we are. We're going to get into the dog days of summer a little bit here. It seems to me right now that out west, Arizona has got hot again after they were hot from the get-go, then stumbled around. Now Paul Goldschmidt starting to hit the long ball, and they have uh, moved back into first place uh, in the National League West, do you still believe it'll be the Dodgers and then Arizona finds a way to sneak in? Or does Colorado or, in your mind, somebody else grab that wild card? I think the Diamondbacks and the Dodgers are the two best teams in that division, but that comes with a lot of caveats. Um, I, I I was kind of... I was, Cautiously optimistic about the Diamondbacks' offense, what was really in a rut for a while there, has really come on strong now in June, largely because Goldschmidt has gotten going. Jake Lamb is back healthy. Cattell Marte is hitting well, and on and on down the line. The offense is not good, but it's fine. And with that pitching staff and that defense, that's really all it needs to be. But as we've seen with that team, I mean, if they have the slightest injury problems, whether it's their starting rotation or their offense, the house of cards kind of comes down. So they're not necessarily on the most solid ground as far as I'm concerned. Uh, but you could say the same thing about the Dodgers. They're another team that's playing really well right now, but I think their starting rotation has three guys in it right now. Because Clayton Kershaw is hurt, Rich Hill is hurt, Dungeon Ryu is hurt, uh, on and on down the line. And you get the sense, okay, they need to make a move, and how willing are they going to be to either spend money or trade prospects? Is it going to be a situation where they just kind of hope that guys get healthy and mix and match with what healthy bodies they have. So um, they're not a flawless team either, and the Giants and Rockies are definitely not flawless teams. So that race is it's going to go down to the wire. I think the Dodgers and Diamondbacks are going to be at the top of it in the end, but I don't think anybody's going to run away with it. With that, Zach, uh, staying out west, the Angels got some bad news on Shohei Otani. Uh, yep. The the disappointing part is just because obviously everybody wants to see him be able to play. Is there any way though, after some rest and even maybe if that arm isn't completely back, he could give him some at bats before he goes out under the knife, or is that is that just too crazy of a thought? That is the weird thing because there's no precedent in this situation. Not only is it an unusual situation in terms of his elbow that they're going to try and do the rest and rehab route instead of Tommy John. That's not altogether unheard of, but it's generally not the most common route. Uh, and in this situation, it is a, a question of, okay, if he can't pitch, can he hit? And if he does that, is it going to put any undue pressure on that elbow that they don't want? Because uh, Once again, I say there is no precedent here because this is a hitter-pitcher. Guys generally aren't hitter-pitchers. So uh, I do wonder that in the long run, if they'll play it safe and they'll say, okay, back off pitching for the rest of the year, but at least 
let's get you healthy and see if we can get you in the box on a, at least a semi every day or a regular basis. Um, it is a shame because he was so much fun to watch just on the mound and at the plate. And it seemed like they had a pretty good routine carved out for him, but they were a canary in the coal mine the whole way. And they're finding out now that, okay, well, there are risks to the situation like this. That's interesting that they might even consider that. And you're right. Uh, we haven't seen this in like forever. You'd have to go back to the 20s and the 30s uh, when pitchers were still. Heck, Babe Ruth was a good pitcher before he became uh, the home run hitter. So, I mean, it's not like we haven't seen it before. We just haven't seen it in eons. That's all. I'm, I'm also, I have interest as well uh, with the Houston Astros. This is the defending World Series champions, struggling a little bit, but is, is that just commonplace? We, we saw the Cubs do that after they won the World Series the next season. It, it, does that just kind of come with the territory after you've been so successful and won the title? Yeah, I think that it's part of it. It's just kind of a natural regression. With the Cubs, I mean, they won 103 games, the World Series, and they were really good in basically every aspect of the game. Once you have a season like that, pretty much the only way to go is down. And the Astros were in a similar situation last year, only won 101 games in the regular season, only won the World Series. But once again, really, really strong team in basically every facet of the game. Only way to go from there is down. And the only area they're not struggling is their starting rotation, which also happens to be the area where they have the most new blood. I mean, Justin Verlander didn't join the team last year until very, very late in August, and they go out and get Garrett Cole. So it makes sense that that is the one area that still feels like it's got some fresh legs, well, fresh arms in this case, going for it. Uh, the bullpen has been kind of shaky in certain parts, certainly in that closer role, uh, and the offense has not been what it was last year. But, you know, when it comes down to it, it's basically just a series of nitpicks when you go down that Astros roster. It's still a really, really good team. They've won 42 games. They have a plus 127 run differential. Uh, to put that in perspective, the Mariners, who are in first place, are at plus 22. Uh, Astros are way above that. So, uh, you know, they're still a really good team. So I'm not too worried about them. It's just they're kind of going through the usual ringer that defending champions do go through. Zach Reimer joining us as we take a look around Major League Baseball. Well, we started with the National League Central. Let's go well full circle to the American League Central. The Twins have had a disastrous season in terms of injuries. The Indians off aren't off to a great start. How surprised, though, Ron Gardenhire, look, in any other division it, it would be over, but they're at least keeping their head above water. What he's doing right now with this Tigers team? Uh, pleasantly surprised. I thought, uh, given the way that they ended last season, where you know it was G.D. Martinez gone, and Justin Verlander gone, and Justin Upton gone, and then we're not going to do anything in the the off season. It sure looked like they were finally embracing what a rebuild that they probably should have started two years prior. I figured they were just going to be this awful, awful doormat uh, this season, and they're they're not a good team. I think we should kind of clarify that, but mm -hmm. they're kind of in this mode where they are better than the sum of their parts, and that is a situation where you go to the manager and kind of tip your cap to him for saying, you know what, this team probably knows it's not a contender, but at least you're getting them to play hard, and you've got just them competing on an everyday basis pretty much. Uh, when you're in a rebuild, that's, you know, at least from a fan's perspective, that's all you can really ask for. So uh, give them credit. Got to give credit where it's due. All right, I'll ask you this then, since we're talking uh, about our area. 
Kansas City. Are they now, after they had the World Series run and then winning the title, are they in a rebuild situation where it will take them five years to be a competitive team, or could it be longer, Zach? Uh, They're definitely in a rebuild, although when it comes to the timing of the rebuild, the question with them is, has it actually started yet? Because they did trade off some pieces last year, and they are in a situation where they're clearly not really going for contention, but it really feels like this summer is going to be the point where they really lean into a rebuild with trading Kelvin Herrera, maybe trading Danny Duffy, maybe trading Mike Moustakis, and, you know, various other guys. I mean, they've already traded John Jay. So this is, could be the point where this summer you start to see that farm system take a turn for their better because that's what it really comes down to. That farm system is not good at this point. And if you're going to build a contender, that's how they did it when they went to the World Series in 2014, 2015, building up from within and just kind of building this really strong core of young talent. You know, that took years and years and years to kind of get that together, but this time around it shouldn't take that long because there is this kind of formula now we've seen the Cubs do it the Astros do it where you can do it four five maybe even three years if you're lucky um so I wouldn't expect this to be another situation where they're really doing this long drawn-out process of where they're trying to accumulate talent and trying to field a good major league team in this day and age it's pretty much clear that the blueprint is sell off everything you have rebuild via trades in the draft and next thing you know you've got this great core of prospects that you can turn into a great foundation for a major league team. And that could take three to four years, I guess. Zach, always enjoy the conversation. Thanks so much for your time today. It was my pleasure. Thanks for having me. Zach Reimer joining us. BleacherReport.com, a look around Major League Baseball. So, Jimmy B., well, coming up on the other side, we will uh, be taking a peek at what we're getting excited for tonight. But uh, guessing from your line of questioning, Nationals-Yankees is at the top of your list. Uh, I think that that'll be it. I definitely want to watch that game, and I'll have it side-by-side with the Cubs in Milwaukee. So those are the two that I will be dialed in on tonight. But look, anytime you get top teams matched up against each other, and this is a short series that they're playing, too, um, and it has star power. You know me. I'm, I'm attracted to top players. So you have top players for Washington you have top players for the New York Yankees. That's why I think I'm just more juiced about watching that matchup tonight. That and a whole lot more coming up on the other side as we take you up until 6 o'clock tonight. Jimmy B and TC on 1700. We're back here in a moment. Welcome back, everybody. We are just about done here on a Tuesday. Jimmy B and TC on the Big Talker 1700. Trent, uh, look, I'm I'm going to be dialed into baseball tonight. I've I've got the... The, the Cubs game matched up with Milwaukee. Mm-hmm. And, of course, I'm also going to be dialed in as well on the Washington and Yankees. That's my that's my baseball fix uh, this evening. Does yours differ or are, are you similar? No, I'm going to guess I'm not going to probably watch as much of the Yankees Nationals as you are. I do want to see what Chatwood has. He's been mm-hmm. okay as of late. Still not great, but... He's been okay at least at times as his ERA continues to dwindle down now under four on the season. So what he's going to do tonight against that Brewers lineup, I think that's going to be very intriguing. Of course, I'll be watching the Twins. Nobody cares about them. They absolutely stink. And Jimmy B, 
I got a, I got something for you late night tonight. If you're looking for something, we know you are okay. a night owl. I got something yes. for you. 9-10 first pitch in yeah. Dodger Stadium. Big, fat Bartolo Colon against the <laughs> Hot Dodgers. <laughs> Big sexy on the mound. All right. Uh, also, you know what else I'm going to get when I'm when I'm at the refreshment stand? I'm going to ask them to put on the uh, the soccer match with the United States and China, the women's team, because they're worth watching where the men's team isn't. So I will watch, even though it's a friendly, like they they like to call them friendly, but it is China, and. I am going to uh, watch a little of USA and China. Will you peek in on that at all, Mr. Patriot? No, no, not at all. That has... Uh, <laughs> so I'm the Patriot on the, uh, you're, you're on, the, the, on the staff. Yes. I am excited about the World Cup. As you know, I'm a degenerate. I have uh, yes. been going through. I'm in a group where we are drafting our teams currently. I had the number four selection in our draft. I took the Frenchman. We're at number four, so yeah, I'll be into it and got got a little skin in the game, Jimmy B. That always makes things wow. a little bit more exciting. So yeah, me and my buddies always get together and uh, pick out some teams, and I don't know those the scoring system's ridiculous, and I don't know exactly how it sits, but yeah, we got that going on. <laughs> we got the World Cup coming up, uh, World Cup along yeah. the way. Then the U.S. Open starts on Thursday, so Thursday can't wait for that. I cannot team. wait for the U.S. Open. Yeah, though things are quieting down, they're still. There's some other things. you got to dig a little bit deeper. There's some other things right. out there. You yep. can always find a little something. And, Jim, I don't know if you saw my tweet earlier today, but for a moment, uh, early in the afternoon, the state of Iowa was the epicenter nationally yes. in the world of sports. So yes. e- ESPN.com and their little top headlines thing at the top was talking about Nick Nurse, who we talked about earlier taking the job as the head coach of the Raptors. And the second story that was there in the NFL, David Johnson sitting mm-hmm. out OTAs. The top two stories with two Iowans. Pretty cool. It, uh, it's, it's interesting because in this state, since we don't have any professional sports, just minor league, that you have three universities. And so you have your Hawk fans. You have your Clone fans. You have your Panther fans. But... Everybody is separated, okay? If you have a pro sports team in your town, whatever city that's in, the entire city and most likely the state, if it's the only one, is pretty dialed in to that team. I mean, that's it. So you don't have the back and forth between fan bases like you do for college football and basketball. Everybody just hones in on exactly what that pro sports team is all about and i get it trent and i it, it's too bad that 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 doesn't happen here so we could have that instead of the state being cut up all the time but if there was that one team that one team that was a professional franchise here the entire state would get behind. It would be nuts. Yeah. You know, I'm sitting I'm sitting back and I'm watching the NBA parade a little bit for the Golden State Warriors, and then I flip over to the NHL parade. I don't think Alex Ovechkin has been sober now for like two weeks. Good for him. I, I, 
You'd probably, I say the same thing. I mean, it was one hell of a party in the nation's capital. It was fun to watch. And, you know, they had a confetti parade for Golden State. God, there was so much confetti, you couldn't even see the players uh, in the vans that were transporting them down the street. There was so much stuff in the air. So good for good for those towns, good for backing their teams. And uh, you know what? I, I hope Nick Nurse, we know him as an Iowa guy. He led the Iowa Energy. I was there to see it mm-hmm. to a, well, it used to be the D League back then, now the G League, to a G League championship. And there's a guy who's a lifer. I mean, he has bumped around, uh, you know, different coaching spots as an assistant and then in the now G League as a head coach. Rio Grande, remember that? He was a head coach there as well. Got hooked in in Toronto. And here he is, Trent. He is the Toronto Raptors. NBA head basketball coach. It's a great story. It really is. Well, and when you mentioned, there, there are times where you look at Wisconsin and, you know, everybody in the state is Badger fans. Yeah, you have Marquette for basketball. Yeah, you have UW-Milwaukee yeah. and Green Bay. But, I mean, for the most part, Minnesota, Nebraska, there are po- but we don't have that. We have two power conference teams in our state. Correct. And with yep. that kind of support, I mean, we get... 60,000 at Jack Trice and 70,000 at Kinnick Stadium. Imagine yep. those fan bases in one spot. 100,000, like the big house, 110,000, make it 130,000. Yep. I, I mean, yeah. it, it's incredible to think, though, what we have in the state. It's fun. It makes it entertaining. But if we were all together in something, how cool that would be. Unfortunately, oh. we'll never be able to imagine that. That <laughs> will never be happening. I do not see no. Iowa State and Iowa combining anytime soon. No, no, that is not going to happen, no. But if they got some sort of pro franchise, I think the entire state then would back that that pro franchise. But you're right, the population base is so small that it's not going to happen. With that, we are done out of here for another day. We'll be back tomorrow starting at noon. Myself and Ken Miller, David Kaplan will be stopping by. We'll talk with Cappy, everything going on with the Cubs. Also, Mike Mahon will be stopping by. Then on your drive home from 4 until 6 o'clock, it's Jimmy B and TC, Pat Hardy. He'll be set to join us in the 4 o'clock hour. Pete Futek from College Football News and a whole lot more. Thanks to all our guests today for joining us. If you miss any portion of the program, you can always check it out on the podcast page over at 1700kbgg.com or just search Jimmy B and TC in your favorite listening device. You can find us that way and relive what was another train wreck out of Brinson and our PTL mock draft from today. It was awesome. It was uh, awesome. We will talk to you tomorrow. Have a good one, Jimmy awesome. B. All right, pal, and I am awesome.